All right. Did you, I guess, I guess we have some follow-up to do here. This is a two year, two year long worth of follow-up. Why two. I'm likely leaving structural engineering, a thread. Marianne's going to be pleased that we're bringing this up again. <laughs> Especially since uh, she had mentioned that, you know, one of the things that she gained from it was notoriety on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that was referenced in a positive way. I'm sure it was just kind of like, uh, really guys. Thanks. So here we are again. I mean, I, and I, I did do a little thread on this, which got quite a bit of, quite a bit of, uh, feedback and retweets and stuff like that about a week ago. I think I put, put a link to it in the last show notes, but, um, maybe I'll, I'll put it in this one again, but, uh, so yeah, the, the original two years ago story that we're following up on now is called, was called why I'm likely leaving and, uh, by engineer McClare on, uh, Twitter. And now there's been an update, a new Twitter thread by Marianne. And the, I told her that we were like likely going to have another podcast about this because every time she does a great Twitter thread, we got to talk about it. Yeah. So you listened to the old episode, right? What number was that? Number 86, 87. Yeah. So, wow. And now we're at like 281. So it's, it's been a while. Almost a hundred episodes ago. Wow. Jeez. It's insanity. Yeah. And I think it was like November 2020. Well, so no, her, yeah. Hers was I, I, September 27th, 2020. 2020. Which okay. just seems, I like, mean, that's. Since that's, everybody knows that 2020 was a blur anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I have no recollection of this timeline at all. Because I honestly, when I saw it, it was just like two years out. And I'm thinking to myself, two years? That No, that's wrong. No, no. It was, we didn't talk about this two years ago this was something that we just talked about like wasn't it like a couple of weeks ago I, I do think we touch this topic quite often actually but not this specific not a, yeah this 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 has been a reoccurring theme for sure yeah i think you know because a lot of the the points that we were bringing up especially since you know she was talking about structural engineering and we were talking about how it parallels a lot with you know, our experience in architecture, you know, because we are dealing with a lot of the same kind of situations, project types and things like that. And, and so when we started talking about that, that also led to just, you know, this kind of like re, you know, furthering of the investigation of like, why is it that the professions and this time we're going to lump it in with architecture and engineering are, aren't fostering the kind of like, love relationship mm. with people and, and why people are are looking to leave. And so anyway, she basically celebrated her two year rant anniversary. <laughs> there you which go. I absolutely love that of, of that tweet. But even more so is she actually did leave. Yep. And has no regrets. <laughs> you know, so spoiler because, alert. <laughs> exactly. I mean, because, you know, like you like, man, I'm leaving architecture only to two years later say, man, I'm really going to leave architecture. You know, you know, two years later, then 20 years later, you know, you're still like, man, I'll tell you what's wrong with this profession. Just like, really? So you've spent your entire career basically complaining about the, the career. 
Yeah. Well, welcome to architecture. <laughs> exactly. It is true. Yeah, a lot of complaining exactly. and not a lot of fixing, it seems like. But the thing that I love is that she led off with the only regret that she has is not doing it sooner. And, and you know, I, I hear this a lot, you know, I mean, because there are a lot of people that you and I know that have gone through this, you know, gone through architecture and decided it's not for them. I mean, you know, uh, basically just before the pandemic, you know, we had an intern who basically kind of like just did this reassessment and said, is this what I really want to do? I mean, it sounded good when I'm flipping through the college, you know, potential careers and, you know, like, Ooh, architecture, you know? And, and he was just like, it, it is not what I expected it to be. And, and so he, you know, he basically went on a sabbatical. Now he, he's, he's back. Um, but I even, you know, there's, there was one guy, I obviously won't use his name, but there was one guy at our firm who had left and went into teaching only to turn around and come back to architecture. It happens. Yeah. It goes both ways. You know, yeah. Um, sure. But his teaching was a little different than like teaching at architecture. He like left the profession in, in, in its entirety and was a middle school math teacher. Whoa. Exactly. Whoa. And then realized, you know, hey, I don't know which is worse. <laughs> or he, <laughs> well, he clearly, hey man, he clearly he, learned which was. Well, he's clearly making poor decisions all around. I mean, <laughs> well, true. I think, you know, leading with this idea of only wish I had done it sooner just shows how much this was a better fit. Um, maybe for her trajectory, maybe for her skill set. And all I can do is speculate on these things because we don't have guests on this show. But it clearly is a better fit. And 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 to even to the point in the thread, and we'll have a link to her thread in this, and we'll have a link to our previous episode. It wasn't episode 86, it was episode 186. I was I was only a hundred off. And and we'll have a link to in that episode, there's a link to the previous thread that she did two years ago. So you can you can find this through the magic of the internet. But the the idea that she's now spending time helping other people find alternate career paths in these professions speaks volumes to kind of almost doubling down to say, no, this is better in in these very explicit ways. And I don't think those things are too hard to find, right? Like there, there are so many things you can point at. I see people posting on social media and LinkedIn. If that's not social media, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, But there's all kinds of stuff talking about toxic cultures in architecture, lack of a clear path of advancement, lack of transparency in pay, especially compared to, you know, when compared to other professions like law, right? And I don't know what I don't see people talking about engineering, um, you know, and things like that. But I do see people talk using comparisons of law, of law and thinking about the way that our profession, like especially with our episodes about SciArc and the base camp debacle. And now that those some of those implicated in, in that were, were actually um, I would just call it a forced resignation. Right. Like things are kind of bubbling to the surface as far as maybe some things are maybe changing lots of asterisks in that statement right but but it's still 
like, like I said, it's not hard to find these things to point at to say like th- these thing these things about our profession totally suck for most people, and yet here we are, like just saying, yeah, this is normal. It's like really, and and then somebody goes outside and says, wow, look what I found, and I'm going to go try to bring as many people over here as I can, or you know maybe that's not the attitude, but I'm going to help people who are interested in finding another path find it is is just saying like there are better ways out there potentially for some people um, who are disenfranchised in the profession. And we talked about this kind of lack of what, what was our last episode called? It was like, we're so apathetic, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like exactly this idea that, that yeah, we, we do complain a lot and, and we don't do much about it uh, is, is palpable also. Well, you know, okay. So, you know, she went on a, to celebrate her rant anniversary, I don't really want to call the follow up thread a rant. But Not at all. Yeah, it was more of just because, like a because hey, it was. <laughs> how's it going? Right. It, it was. It was exactly. But she was like, you know, and, and let me just quote one of these. It's like, but I think it's important for people to know that you can care about the built environment, want to fix the culture around it, and want to advance the profession, but you don't have to martyr yourself to a traditional career path. Now. There are people who enjoy the traditional career path, and those aren't the people that she's necessarily talking to, you know, helping shepherd to find others. Those are people who really do care about it, but find that there is no real satisfaction in the traditional career path. You know, but as, as we've always, you know, said, there are, there is a responsibility for those who are following a traditional career path to if you feel like there's issues or problems with the the profession help help change it help improve it at the very least speak up about it because i mean when you don't know about a problem you can't fix that problem yeah or if you're unwilling to and a lot of times you know there are and i don't want to kind of get you know sidetracked here but you know there are a lot of people who through fear of losing their job or being looked down upon and said, you know, oh, well, you know, they're just a complainer. So, you know, there's no real reason for us to advance them or give them s- promotions or salary increases or things like that, because they're just not happy. I mean, you know, maybe at you know some point they'll just go ahead and leave and it'll not be our problem kind of thing, you know, and, and, but those are the, that's the time when you do actually speak up. Those are the times when you do actually want to help push and improve the the, the traditional path yeah i i i just what what do you do when you do speak up and people are nodding along and yep we absolutely should do that uh this is and, and then nothing ever happens from because usually those those are the kinds of things that do get brought up to leadership yeah yeah and leadership job is i mean not there's a lot going on not going to say like these right away immediately become the most important thing for anybody because clearly they don't right (laughs) but these are important issues and they are something that if if true leadership is truly leading they know how their people are feeling they know what they're dealing with and to talk about it from kind of an you know you don't know what you don't know like i i feel there is no excuse for leadership not to know what their people are feeling and going through you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, that was, I was going to say the exact same thing is that, 
if you're a leader and you're in this position and there are people in the in the profession in your firm that feel like you know there's really you know no way out other than to leave the profession or leave the you know the firm they're not leading they're not paying attention because if there's issues going on you really should have the pulse of the people you know in in a lot of times you know again you know people don't like to speak up or rock the boat or things like that and but that isn't an excuse to for leadership to not know if there's something going on and why don't people want to speak up you know it's just like hey we've checked in with a bunch of people but we really haven't heard from from evan you know you know maybe we should figure out you know is, is evan happy is evan in in those kind of things you know it's just kind of pulse checks are okay but you know there's there's more to it this reminds me of this one time cormac when i did an all-nighter let's just call it an all-nighter it probably wasn't an all-nighter it was probably more like multiple all-nighters in a row and i'm not not happy about this but something that quote unquote had to be done it was like a competition style project that i was working on and this is this is the i'm i know we've talked about this before because we talked about like how the pic like went home it's like let me know if you need anything and then you know was not available and just expects other people to carry on and and do all the work and stay up and meet the deadline right at the end of this end of this you know got it submitted hit the deadline did all the things did the full design you know the renderings like everything right the the complete package it was chef's kiss and the idea of that this went in and got done on time and how many hours were spent? Like, who knows, man? It was a lot. It was like just constant for probably, you know, a week or a few days. It was totally the kind of project where you get brought in to like clean up somebody else's total disaster because it just wasn't working. And and guess what? You get to do all the work and you get to do all of it by yourself and you get to do it by this deadline is that the question is never even asked if that is like doable right it's just assumed this will be done at the end of that whole process i got a 15 dollar starbucks gift card Ooh, yeah you were appreciated <laughs> with, i got the appreciation card with a with a one and a half uh vente latte yeah and so what did what message did that send to me? I mean, this is the same freaking story that that we hear from. This is the same type of uh, response to incredible work. I don't even know that the work's incredible, but let's just like the sheer amount of it and what you see happening in schools. And, and then it's like, yep, this is the way, right? This is you need to prioritize this over everything else. Those words weren't said like they are in some schools, right? Like that lec- that Sciarch Base Camp lecture, which was super explicit. This is the way and you'll like it. But but it was very much like, uh, I mean, just to talk about what, what the leader's potential was in that situation to do in, in response to the effort was quite different than what actually happened and so that that's what it makes that's why it makes me think of this story is like somebody could have said hey like let me take you out to lunch let me take you to dinner let me just buy you a drink and like let's talk 
would have been so different and so much more satisfying and so much more rewarding from my point of view than like go buy a coffee. Like because you know, because what what could what should have happened, you know, we'll we'll use our little glasses of hindsight here, is sitting there sitting down with you and talking about, okay, you know, hey look, Evan, I'm I'm really glad that you were able to step in and kind of like take this over the finish line. And, you know, I appreciate all of the long hours and stuff. Now, the question that we really need to ask is, how do we avoid that happening again? That is never a question that is asked. And that is the problem. And so I I had this conversation, you know, with somebody not too long ago um, about, and and it all ties back into, and I actually tied it into, you know, a conversation that you and I had about the inability of architects to say no. When you wrap it into that kind of like conversation about saying no, it's, you know, hey, can you come in and work all night long to do this project? You know, you should have said no. Right. Hey, look. (laughs) And sometimes you're in a position in a firm where you just feel like you're not, you're not allowed to say no. You can't say no. And we've been trained and conditioned to do this from school. Absolutely. You know, trained and conditioned is perfect way to say that you know, the way things were. And, and so, you know, you and I've talked about this. We've, we've had so many conversations about so many different people who gripe about, it's like, man, can you believe like the, the new blood in, in architecture? They just, they come in at eight o'clock and they leave at five o'clock and, you know, you just can't get them to work any longer. And it's just like, because they know how to say no. And it was just like, and the problem is, is that people look at them and they say, ugh. I can't believe that they're not putting in that extra effort to, you know, like work really hard and all of that other stuff. It's like, what, to what end, to what, you know, what did they get out of this? You know, what it is, is that you in insert name here didn't appropriately review the schedule and the staffing requirements and everything else to get this project done in a in a time in a timely manner that doesn't require you to work overtime that allows because the business to be successful like the, all of those things are part of a successful business and and what right. it shows me is that like there's zero value of what the workforce does in that situation and and if any if somebody doesn't know the value of their workforce they do not know business like they should not be in business <laughs> though that office that that team, it should not deserve to exist. But the problem is, is that that is the profession in in, a a, yeah. in almost every circumstance. Are there, you know, some people out there that don't do that? Possibly. Po- <laughs> <laughs> it remains to be seen. <laughs> haven't have, had that experience have, myself. Haven't met those people yet. Haven't experienced that that yet. I literally remember the first day. The very first day of my post-graduation working life, I was in the office at 8 a.m. And I did not leave that office till 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then and then it was just mentioned somewhere, like, it's not normally like this, right? No, yeah, it was, it was always this. Yeah, you know, we don't normally work this, you know, this late and stuff. <laughs> Right. Like, hmm, uh, okay. Well, I mean, 
day one you show me the difference so so yeah that that's like it that's come up on the show before a friend of mine said that once and and we we laughed about it in the future after that because it was it turned out it was like that quite often even though nobody wants to admit it or and obviously we're never hopeful that it is like that but it does happen and it just it's funny because it's true right like like the that that question that you said that doesn't get asked which is how are we going to make sure this never happens again? Doesn't happen. But then, so like going back to the, you know, advancing the profession and, you know, the, the martyring, I mean, to, to me, we, we all kind of like play a part in martyring ourselves, you know, them for like the overall kind of like whole of the profession, us, you know, so we don't want to rock the boat and all of this other stuff. So we just kind of like take it in where are those people that in, in, and I'll tell you where those people are. Cause I've met those people and thankfully I work with those people and they actually kind of somewhat hold us accountable, leadership kind of accountable for not like doing this force martyrdom, Mar- martyrdom. Yep. I don't, yeah. I did it. Good job. <laughs> After a long day, I could pronounce a word, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just that, you know, when, when people, when people are asking, you know, Hey, you know, why aren't they working so late? Why aren't they sacrificing? Why aren't they giving more to the profession? They are the ones who are holding us accountable. They are the ones who are saying, no, we're seeing it as some lack of dedication or things like that. When I've literally like in probably like the past year or so have changed my view and opinion where it's just like, I used to, I used to think that way. I used to think, you know, wow, you know, like in my day, Mm. in my day, you know, I used to, you know, like just give it my all. And if I had to work till like, you know, two 33 o'clock in the morning, then I was going to work till two 33 o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, you see these other people and you're like, why aren't they giving, you know, that, that two to 3 AM, you know, kind of like, you know, give it a go kind of thing. Because they realize that that is a stupid way to do it. And as a professional, you shouldn't be doing that. As a professional organization, you should be saying, no, like, okay, you want us to get done in 20 weeks. We can't do that in 20 weeks. You're like, oh, well, you know, you can't, um, if you can't do it, then, you know, somebody else can't. That might be absolutely true. Then then go ahead and get them. Make that happen. Yeah. But... if everyone in the profession was honest in that way, then everybody would say, no, we can't get this done in 20 weeks. And then, then it basically goes back to this, but we even undercut our own dang selves. Just like, well, you know, I can do it for, I remember this one project where we, you know, we, it was a, we, we went for an interview. We were ranked higher than anybody else. And it came down to, they started looking at like hours in the second place, people's fees. And those that second place person beat us out by five hundred dollars. Didn't even give us the opportunity to negotiate fees, and they gave it to them because they were lower. And they do it lower in time, lower in budget, lower in fees, lower. Somebody in this. will do and it for less. That's true. Somebody will do it for less. And then what'll happen to those people in their staff in their time? And so it just. It's a perpetual trend. I think it's interesting because the one of the 
I mean, just this conundrum, this paradox, right? Which is that so many firms say their most important asset is their people. But what does that really mean? Does that mean like as idea machines? Does that mean as like people who generate positive culture? Does that or because what it what I don't think it means is, is that their health is important when I see behavior like this being asked for from people. Right. And so how can somebody be their most important asset if you don't care how healthy they are mentally or otherwise? (laughs) Well, you know, it's because if your people are the most important thing, which is uh, probably nine tenths of everybody's mission statement is, is, you know, or at least to their employees is, you know, you're the most important um, aspect of our firm. Then they would be the ones saying no to like, say the 20 week, like turnaround of, of a project, unrealistic deadlines and things like that. Because then what they're saying when they say yes is really what the most important thing is, is that project, is that the fees we're going to get from that project and that we are going to be expecting our people to basically turn it around in that unrealistic deadline. So they're basically telling them immediately once they've taken the project that no, you are not, yeah, we say you're important, but not really, because you know what? If you quit, we can get somebody else coming in. Which kind of also is that other follow up that we were, you know, that you kind of mentioned a couple of times, which is you know the outcome of like the Cyark uh, Basecamp debacle. Yeah, I do think that these are related. Oh, very I, much so. And the idea of a little bit of justice being served, I you know, it's it's hard to know. Again, I guess we'll put a link to previous episodes regarding this topic in the show notes but um a little bit of justice has been served but you don't know how deep these things actually go and and i think one thing that we were kind of crusading for on in those episodes was was for if there's a time to speak up about toxic workplace education behavior whatever like this is the time right like you got this is the time to it's like what COVID did to to restaurants. It exposed all the problems with restaurants and running those businesses and how difficult it actually is, right? And and just as one example, it's it's very similar with with these kind of events that happen. It's like it's a crack and it's exposing something that's going on, and you know it's not just happening where that exact thing was exposed. It is kind of pervasive. It's kind of all over the place. Who's gonna? speak up about it who's going to feel like they have nothing to lose and they are going to actually do that um we're we're seeing it happen and and i don't want to necessarily say that that the way that these types of things are handled are always cut and dry and and super clean one side or the other because i don't think they are right i i have a counterpoint to this to this method of canceling right but um the that's what happened with with the Cyarc one, right? It was was after the Basecamp live stream with Euler and Trotter and uh, Margaret Griffin uh, that that the letter was, or I guess it was a petition or a letter was signed by many students over unfair practices regarding internships and even uh, scholarships, right? Uh, and or ask them to work long days um, on studio projects for the firm 
rather than doing traditional architectural assignments, mm-hmm. education assignments. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> which which basically means that you're going to do work for my firm, but you'll pay me for it because you're a student paying tuition and that tuition is paying my salary. It was, the, you know, that's the one that kills me the most. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So Wiscombe and Trotter were, have resigned. And I think, again, like a little bit of justice has been served here and some policies got updated and changed, but there's still a lot of, it's really opaque still about the actual report that was done by the third party that was overseen by the board of trustees. And I mean, that, that report has not been released. Nobody knows what else was in there. Um, and I mean, it goes way deeper than that, right? It goes into accreditation and the NAAB and, and they're basically enabling schools to kind of operate in these ways. And it, it's not specific personal behavior by certain professors or, or tenured faculty, but, but it is kind of, you know, cultural and culturally enabled by that. And then it goes into the workforce beyond that. Right. So these are all like huge, huge problems that we, we see again, just like little cracks in it and, and certain things happening, but I think they're way more systemic than that throughout the profession. And it, it does kind of relate to what Marianne brought up in her thread, which was like, what, what, so what do you do? You, you go somewhere else. That's where, that's what you do. Like, because it's hard to find. And, and I, I will raise my hand immediately and say like the firm that I worked for was way above board on all this stuff. And I, I'm not speaking from my own personal experience, but from observing others experiences in this to say, man, like I feel super fortunate that I didn't fall into that. I know what the the culture of the education system was like, and I know what it glorified and, and I don't agree that it should have, but I got out of that as soon as I graduated and went to work for the firms that I did. I didn't experience that myself, but we know it exists because we've seen it. We're seeing people live stream about it. Right? <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. Well, yeah. Okay. So just a one point that I wanted to make about this, uh, this follow-up article that, was written about the CyArk debacle was if, 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 if basically all of these students are kind of like rising up against, um, you know, these people and the practices and, and everything else, you know, these are people who had a direct impact on who did and didn't get uh, either TA, you know, positions or didn't get scholarship opportunities or didn't get, you know, certain, um, advancements that they would have otherwise earned if they didn't work for, or, you know, do the kind of like job that they did for these particular professors for their particular firm. The thing that kills me about all of this is if that, if, if when Sire came out and they said, you know, that, um, you know, this doesn't align with our values at Sire that, you know, we don't want to read off the, the article. Why say, well, we, they resigned and we accepted their resignation. I hate to say this and put it in this particular thing. These people need to be made an example of. They need to be fired and fired publicly so that everybody else can see that, honestly, the problem that we have in this profession that reaches all the way back to our, you know, architecture school should not and cannot continue. 
And if it's, you know, using old Tom in America as a, and if I pronounce her name wrong, I apologize, but to be fired, they should have been plain and simply, you know? And I think it's, it's, it's crap that, you know, people are just like, well, you know, because in a way it's sort of lip service to the problem. It's not like, oh, we've, we've written letters to address, you know, a couple of things we're going to create career service advisor. You should have already had one. Sorry, man, because, you know, my school had one. I'm pretty sure your school had one. Almost every architecture school that I know of has those, you know, those opportunities there for them. There is a lot of transparency in all of these schools and stuff. And so, you know, when they also say, you know, to the extent that we or the industry, air quotes, went astray, no, 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 you were astray. You were very much as much complicit, you know, complicit in this problem as those two professors were by allowing it. Yeah, by allowing it because you knew what was happening. Yeah. You absolutely knew it was happening. And if they didn't, they're not leaders, right? Like this exactly, kind of there you go. that goes back to yes. what exactly. If you don't know what's going on in your own midst, like you are, you you're an, an effective leader. Period. Mm-hmm ineffective leader or you didn't want to know what was going on ignorant yeah ignorance versus ignorance right like there's there's bring that up quite often lately like there's there's one that's kind of unintentional and one that's intentional right and and the intentional ignorance of these issues and it makes you complicit right and and it, it is interesting to me to see that they actually have to put policies like this into place that are total common sense exactly right? no brainers whatsoever we we no we couldn't do that before because it wasn't a policy is what they're telling me now right but now that it's a policy we'll be serious about it it doesn't and i i wonder how much of this kind of goes back to california law i don't you know like i had a, a guest on a recent Troxel podcast and and he is CEO of a company that is uh you know you're you know him Platt over at Branch Technology and they talk about their company's core values and they talk about I'm like how how do you in, ensure that those are carried out throughout your staff and and the the culture that and he goes we hire and fire by these values straight up and is that a, the difference between operating in Tennessee versus California Maybe it is like, I know it's, it's wicked hard to fire somebody in California without like this huge breadcrumb breadcrumb trail of performance issues, performance improvement plans, documented this and that and the other. And even when they are quote unquote fired, they're asked to resign so that it, it doesn't come across a certain way for maybe for future employment or whatever. And there's so much like dancing around what's actually going on. It is total crazy making, right? It's like, if you're a toxic, if you're an enabler of toxic behavior in a workplace or in an educational place or any of those, like, like why can't, it's so crazy to me that you just can't be fired anymore. (laughs) What, What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, um, I, I worked for two professors when I was in school. One, I worked with a professor who was writing a book and he needed someone to both um, update some graphics that were in his, um, that was in his books to, you know, kind of reflect the new data as well as, you know, create new drawings and, and graphics for it. And I, I was paid insanely more generous than I should have been, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, my skills um, do not match the pay. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I always, I was just like, are you sure that 
is it, I, I asked him on numerous occasions, are you sure? You know, and it, it wasn't that I was doubting. I mean, I, you know, it's decently good. You know, and if, if you look at the, the work that I did, it was interesting is because like, you know, I would like draw in the style of some of the, of the people that he had used in, you know, the previous edition to make sure that there was some like visual continuity and all this other stuff. And so, I mean, you know, I, it, it challenged me and I did, I did a really damn good job of doing it, but, you know, but he, he paid me and treated me well. And, and, you know, and, and it wasn't like special favors or anything like that. It was just, you know, it was a job, you know, and I was treated like, you know, it was a good, good job. And then I worked for another professor who was, he was a traditional architect and a structural engineer and I worked for him and I got, you know, paid market rate for it, not anything else, you know, I, Hey, you can learn credit and stuff. But what I did learn is because that since he was a structural engineer as well, I actually learned how to think of think as both a structural engineer and an architect, which still serves me today, um, the education that I got, but I also got paid for it and I got paid well for it. That's crazy talk. The thing that I that I just feel so bad for these students about is that they were preyed upon. Well, they're preyed you upon, know? and you know what the new policy is? They can't get paid less than minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like you know, uh, so they can they could go work at McDonald's, or they could go work for you know as an intern in architecture and get. That makes no sense this. to me. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and the thing that kills me about it's that a policy. Is, is the people who are the people who are employing them have a billable rate for them that they're passing on to the client, right? And so they're getting paid really well for the labor that they are not paying for or paying very little for. And, and you know, I mean, we, we've, I remember uh, ages ago, you know, multiple, you know, um, Twitter uh, rants about uh, about unpaid uh, internships and things like that, how they need to go away. And this is, you know, this particular issue is a, is a perfect example of that. It's just like all of these people that, yeah, they're training you how to be a part of this, but they're also billing their clients for all of the work that you're doing. So they're getting paid for you. So they should be paying you. And if they're not like, like, again, if it, if it all comes back to not understanding the value that somebody's providing, you don't deserve <laughs> to be in business. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Exactly. But these, these students, I, and they're in a tough spot because they felt like they had to do the work so that they could get considered for a scholarship and all of these other sacrifices. It's just a terrible position to put people in totally predatory. And, and, and those, yeah, it's, don't deserve to exist like those businesses don't deserve to exist their positions don't deserve to exist but this kind of also ties back into the earlier conversation about the systemic problems in architecture because it really is an expectation that you're going to do this because this is just what's been done and so it's the changing of that toxic environment that predatory environment you know, of both just the actual profession when you're there or, you know, when you're trying to get there that needs to go away faster. And if it's going to take all of these employees that, you know, I don't even want to call them, sorry, 
like project architects, recent graduates and stuff like that, if it's going to take them to constantly keep saying no and to call the profession out on its BS, then that's exactly what needs to happen. And and that's what we don't see happening. Right. right. Like that was right. the call right. to action after the SciArc base camp where we did a follow-up episode and it was like, look, this is your chance and I don't see it happening. Right. right. And I, right. I still don't necessarily see it happening it is it is happening in small small ways in small circles like it was nice to see that okay there there was also faculty and tenured staff tenured tenured faculty who signed that petition about this unfair situation that was going on because they were aware of it and they weren't afraid to sign their name on it too right but that is like the exception like the the big stuff that's going on out there is still very much not being addressed and I don't know if that is strictly out of fear. I'm sure on many levels it is based on fear, right? Because people don't like change. They don't want to go out and find another place that's probably the same and all of these things. And the enemy you know is better than the enemy that you don't and all of these things. And it's, it, this, this, it is kind of programmed in, like you're saying. It's totally programmed in. And it becomes this expectation and then it's like the boiling of the frog and then you don't realize it. All of a sudden it's like, well, how did we get here? We don't even know how we got here, but now this is how we do it because this is the way we've always done it. And the cycle continues and it does take a lot of bravery. And I, that's what I am rooting for with people to be brave, to make this profession better for the future. Because if they don't, seriously, no one else is going to do it because they're not doing it. And then again, I have to ask, does the profession deserve to exist? If it seriously is going to continue to eat its young because they just keep lining up at the door because these universities keep pumping them out in this capacity, then like it do- to me, it doesn't deserve to exist. And there are plenty of people out there who are willing to take this on, right? And be the replacement of the architectural profession, whether that's through technology, development, real estate, prefabrication, construction. Like there are so many other people who are willing to take the very smallest piece of the pie away, which is the architects in the building industry. Like literally we're the smallest piece of the pie, right? As far as fees go, percentage wise, there are so many other people who will be like, yeah, we'll just like absorb that into ours. Cool. We don't have to deal with them anymore. Like they, they'll just, they, they are working on doing that. Right. So this whole ignorance of the actual issues that are going on at the systemic level of labor in our offices to the business models to the mighty, mighty education system, you know, that is totally full of itself in many places is it's like all of these things have to be addressed. Well, let's go back to Marianne and and maybe close out with that's exactly what she's doing is she saw that the environment that she was growing her you know growing her professional life in wasn't willing to change that she went outside of the profession to make a difference for the profession profession adjacent yeah profession adjacent but it was still that if, if if the profession itself isn't willing to change there are other people who will help us change it for you and just leave you behind. So it, it goes back to your, if we're not willing to change, we don't deserve to exist. I mean, basically just find out, you know, just, uh, sorry, I, I, I had something in my head and it just kind of like blanked out. But I mean, it was basically just, you know, like, you know, keep, keep pushing 
And you're going to find out that there are more people who are willing to do what you're unwilling to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A quote that I like about change is if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Exactly. Exactly. Eric Shinseki. Eric Shinseki. That that's a fantastic quote, right? It's just like, it's totally true. There's two things that architects hate the way things are and change, right? And if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. And don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.